The text for the message this afternoon is John 15, verse 11. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the gift of joy that Jesus promised to his disciples is given to every person who follows Jesus Christ in whatever situation they may be in and wherever they live, whenever they live in time. And whether I preach this text in the middle of the slums to a poverty-stricken group of Christians who don't even know what Thanksgiving Day is, or to an affluent congregation who have come from comfortable homes, the message is the same. Jesus' promise of joy for his followers is given to his children in the darkest places of mental turmoil and to those who take a joyful heart for granted. His promise of joy is a promise for you, a promise that you may cling to no matter what you are experiencing in this life right now. And Jesus' words are especially relevant for us today as we are thinking about how to celebrate Thanksgiving Day in a time when the congregation, when the church, when, when people in our society are going through difficult times. When the theme of Christian joy was chosen for the family visits this year as a theme for this year, the office bearers serving this congregation were well aware of the difficulty of, uh, that many of us are having in finding joy in our lives. We as a congregation are weary of the years of battling with the provincial government over the freedom to educate our children, and we are wary of the ex ever-extending restrictions that so directly affect our Sunday worship services. And although things are improving after we've had a time to process all that is happening around us, we can add into the list the recent mask bylaw in Edmonton that has forced us to publicize whether or not we have physical or mental concerns, and that creates suspicions and questions that often make it less joyful to gather in worship. And in the context of our collective groaning, to use the words of, of Romans, it is certainly a very time to a very fitting time to think carefully about this gift of joy that our Lord Jesus Christ promised to his followers in the passage we read in John 15, verse 11. And the good news that I preach to you today is that our Lord Jesus wants his church to experience joy. And with this desire, he has also shown us that we can find joy in him. And I preached this gospel under the theme, Christian joy is Christ's joy in us. And we'll see that Jesus experienced joy in his suffering. Jesus shared his joy by his teaching. And Jesus wants his joy to be in your hearts. First then we see that Jesus experienced joy in his suffering. Jesus spoke in John 15, verse 11, of his joy. And that's a somewhat striking revelation when we look at the Gospels. 
And we see how serious our Lord was and how focused on His mission to take away the sins of the world in a single day like Zechariah had promised in chapter 3. In fact, when we look at our Lord Jesus' life and we remember a passage like Isaiah 53 that called our Lord a servant, a man of sorrows, who lived his life under the burden of God's wrath against our sins, well, it makes us wonder if we are using the word joy in a completely different way than he does. And perhaps we are. If for joy, if for you, joy only means an easy and comfortable life with no enemies and close connections with your mother and brothers, then we certainly are using the word joy in a different way than Jesus did. Although Jesus was cared for as a baby by loving parents, he had a special relationship with his mother throughout his ministry, he had friends and was respected by his followers, he also knew that every day of his life was Life as a sacrificial lamb being led to the slaughter to bear the wrath of God as a substitute in our place. When Jesus told the disciples of his joy in John 15, he knew that, just like Judas had done, everyone on earth would oppose his obedience to God's plan, either by hurting him or by abandoning him or by wishing that he would not die and do the very thing that he had come to do. Jesus was a man whose calling in life brought him much mental and physical tribulation and suffering, and yet he spoke to his disciples of his joy. And Jesus shows us that it is not necessary to have an easy, comfortable life to be joyful. His joy came from submitting his life to God's plan, to living in conformity with his Father's will. So when we are looking for joy in this life, our Lord directs us to his commandments and to God's call for our lives, and not to our bank accounts and to our holidays. And if for you joy only means light-hearted laughing without any concern or thought given to human unfaithfulness and betrayal and struggles and, and brokenness, then again, you are defining the word joy in a different way than Jesus experienced it. The Gospels do not record Jesus laughing. Although Jesus showed that he understood that there is joy in the blessing of children and friendship and family and the advance of God's kingdom. And although from time to time Jesus used the tools of humor such as wit, irony, and hyperbole in his teaching, his joy did not consist of ignoring or forgetting about troubles and sin in the world. Jesus taught us, in fact, that in the kingdom where he reigns, it was those who mourned who were truly blessed. Those who take sin seriously. 
Jesus' joy came from looking at sin for what it was, for taking it seriously. His joy came even while he wept over the permeating influence of sin and misery from the fall into sin. Jesus' joy came from dealing with sin in the world and not ignoring it. Jesus was joyful in his suffering as he made his way to the cross, for he knew that his death on the cross would satisfy God's anger against sin and bring forgiveness and eternal life to everyone who believes in him. And Jesus shows us that joy is more than just a mere emotion of happiness or joviality. And it is found in knowing deep in our hearts that we are blessed or favored in the eyes of the Lord of hosts who receives his righteous son and all who belong to him into his heavenly kingdom. Jesus found joy in knowing that others would have peace with God through his voluntary sacrifice of his own life. When we are looking for joy in this life, we will not find it in mere laughter that ignores the problem of sin and in escaping sin and difficulties, but only when we confess and repent from our sins, when we, when we look at them and, and bring them to the presence of our Father in heaven, when we rebuke and address sin in the lives of, of others according to Matthew 18 so that they might experience forgiveness. And then when we see all our sins on Jesus Christ's shoulders where they were punished and nailed to the cross when Jesus died for us. When we are eager for joy in our lives, we need to look at our Lord Jesus Christ and remember that he was joyful. Jesus shows us that true Christian joy is his joy, assurance of righteousness in God's sight, peace with God who dwells in us, confidence in the salvation of our brothers and sisters around us, and hope in the day of complete renewal of life in our knowledge of God the Father. Jesus' joy was not merely connected to the experience of physical and temporal blessings in this life, but rather to the source of all these blessings in heaven with his Father. His joy came from his knowledge and understanding of his Father's work that he had come to accomplish. We see this in our second point, that Jesus shared his joy by his teaching. When our Lord Jesus spoke the words of our text, you can look back and you could see that he was still in, or he was just leaving the upper room where he had washed the feet of his disciples and celebrated the Last Supper together with them. And John 15, verse 11, is found right in the middle of his discourse, his, his, his explanation of, is found right in the middle of his discourse and it is an explanation of why Jesus was saying all these things. You see that? He says, These things I have spoken so that, or that you may have, that my joy may be in you. There is a direct connection between Jesus' teaching and the presence of joy in the hearts of his followers. 
Jesus used teaching as a way to share and to transfer his joy to the people around him. And if teaching is the means of giving joy, then that also means that the knowledge that is given through Jesus' teaching is the source of joy. In other words, Jesus reveals to us that Christian joy is not only found in the realm of emotions, but it is first and foremost tied to what we know to be true. Joy is closely related to our knowledge. And Jesus is very specific about what we need to know to be joyful. He says, These things I have spoken to you so that you may have joy. And he is referring to the very words that we can refer, that we can read before our text. Those are the things that he spoke so that the church might have joy. We can simply go back to what he had been saying to read and study the source of Christian joy. The Lord is not hiding the source of joy from his believing church. The more we study and apply Jesus' teaching to our lives, the more our joy will increase. And so let's do that. What do we need to know in order to be blessed with Jesus' joy in our lives? Well, we can start at the beginning of where he spoke in John 13, verses 12 to 20. He explained there that his disciples will imitate his humble foot-washing service of others making use of the opportunities that God gives to serve others in his kingdom allows us to share in Jesus' joy. And then we keep going further on in his discourse. The Lord Jesus reveals that he had to suffer, uh, be betrayed, and die so that he might prepare a place for his disciples in his Father's house. That's John 13, verse 12 to chapter 14, Verse 7. And we see there that when we know that we have Jesus as our substitute, who has burden, uh, borne the burden of God's wrath for us, so that we might enjoy eternal glory in the presence of our Father in the, in the rooms that He prepared for us, well, then we are also able to share in Jesus' joy. The source of His joy is the source of our joy. Still further on in his sermon, Romans, or John 14, verses 8 to 30. Christ rejoiced in the knowledge of his union with the Father and the Spirit. And as members of Christ's body, we share in Jesus' joy, for we too can experience the everlasting nearness of our triune God. As Jesus could experience the joy of receiving anything that he asked of his Father in heaven, so also all who believe in him can ask anything in Jesus' name and they will receive it. And he, and he repeats this many times in chapters 13 and 14 and 15. Christians can share in the joy of their Lord, says our Lord, when they are striving to obey God's commandments and sincerely love one another. That is the source of of joy in our lives. Finally, with the words of John 15, verses 1 to 10, Jesus revealed that we can share in his joy when we abide in him, when we are bearing much fruit. 
Jesus spoke all these words to the church so that believing his promises and being led by the Holy Spirit in obedience, his joy might be in us. And as Jesus spoke to his followers about their purpose on this earth as image bearers of the God who was with them, to serve, to suffer, to love, and to pray. He was transferring and sharing his joy with his followers. As our Lord said to the disciples earlier on in the discourse, when you know these things, blessed are you, happy are you, joyful are you, favored are you when you do them. John 13, verse 17. And so if you are seeking joy in your life, know from Jesus' short little sentence in John 15 that you can have it through knowing God as your Father, Savior, and Helper, by expressing your thankfulness to Him for the forgiveness of your sins and eternal life, and by eagerly desiring to love Him and your neighbor with a servant heart in all your relationships and your work and your worship. Jesus spoke these things to the church so that you will not seek your joy in the fleeting comforts of physical well-being or freedom or friendship or family, for those things are always changing. He spoke these things so that you will experience the joy He experienced, which is based in the unchanging God in heaven. This joy can be experienced by any person who hears Jesus' words, who believes in Him. And the good news is that this is what He wants for you who are hearing His words again today. The Gospel of John 15, verse 11, is not only that we can share in Jesus' joy, but also that our Good Shepherd Jesus Christ wants to see this inner delight and joyful thanksgiving in our lives. He wants you to know more than the shallow experience of joy as it's defined by the world. It's associated with feelings of happiness among temporary comforts. Our Lord wants you to have the joy that comes to those who know His peace, His consolation, and the purpose that He has for your lives. The joy that no hardship in this life can prevent you from experiencing. Jesus wants the Syrian refugees, one and a half million, the population of, of Edmonton, the Syrian refugees that we are supporting through our special uh, CRWRF Thanksgiving collection today. He wants all those in their urgent situation to have his joy in, in their hearts. Our Lord wants the isolated the abused, the broken, the depressed, the persecuted, the afraid, the timid, and the comfortable alike to have his joy in their hearts. And when our Lord Jesus spoke these things so that his followers might have his joy, he was not just thinking about a joy in the future when he returns in glory, but of a joy that we can all experience already today as a daily reality. 
as the Lord reveals in the Psalms, and He gives those, these Psalms to sing, not only on the Sunday, but throughout the week together as, as families and in worship. He, he wants His church to ever sing for joy. To allow His gracious presence in our lives to give us joy in fullest measure, as we'll sing in Psalm 16. Several times in Paul's letter to the Philippians, the Holy Spirit urges the church to rejoice always. And he explains that it is possible because it is rejoicing in the Lord. Although there may be very few happy things in our lives, so that it is difficult to rejoice in our lives or in our situation, Jesus wants his church to rejoice in his work. The fact that he came down to earth that he died, that he rose and ascended and is glorified as king. Jesus wants his church to rejoice in the Lord, in him, in his person, to be filled with his joy as we see the work of God in creation, seeing it with his perspective, and as we live our lives in fellowship with God through prayer, as brothers and sisters in Christ's body. The Lord Jesus taught his church that whatever you ask for in Jesus' name, you will receive that your joy may be full. You can see that in John 16, verse 24. That your joy may be full. He says it again in our text. He says it again afterward. Full joy. That's a joy that's different from other collections of happy experiences in this life. For it is a joy, and, and here I'll use the nice list that was presented to the congregation. A meditation on Christian joy was sent to each one of you to read and, and study. This full joy is a joy that finds its source and reason in Jesus Christ. A joy that remains in the midst of sorrow. A joy that is celebrated in the communion of the body of Christ and a joy that is constantly expressed in our lives with thanksgiving. A Christian's full joy is different from other happy experiences that people might experience because it is a joy that is rooted deeply in our hearts. It is based on the unchanging faithfulness of God and it continues to be felt no matter what we experience in this life as a result of the things that are happening in us or around us. The fullness of the joy is related to its constancy. Jesus' joy is more than the partial joy of feeling comfortable because of the people around you or because of the things that you have. Think about it. If that had been the case, we would, not, we would often not feel joyful. For someday we will have to grieve over every possession and every relationship that we have gained and then eventually lose during our time on the earth. And Christian joy is more than just the temporary joy of laughing or the naive and ignorant happiness that comes from deciding to only see light and goodness everywhere you look. Because if that were the case... We wouldn't be able to be joyful in this life all the time 
because it is impossible to avoid the fact that the tentacles of sin enter right into our own hearts and and also the hearts of those around us. Full Christian joy is a feeling that we have, but since it is worked in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, and so uh, so tightly woven into our very identity, our, our perspective, our way of seeing the world, it is a feeling that cannot be lost. Your joy can be full in Christ. And when we believe the gospel of the triune God's gracious love for us, when we submit ourselves to God's will, both in this life and for the life to come, when we live with the eternal perspective so that everything we do has a purpose in God's kingdom, and when we ask and receive whatever we ask in Jesus' name, then his joy will be in us and our joy will be full and no one can take it away. And we end with the prayer that was displayed as we walked in today, Romans 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Amen.